Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. And welcome on board, On the Mark. Mark is. All right, you didn't cough. You're in no. good shape. We're talking about something someone passed out this morning. Passed out, that's a bad way to put it. Something someone distributed this morning that says that you should check your lungs every morning in this era of COVID virus. And you do that by taking a deep breath, holding it for 10 or more seconds, and then letting it out. And if you don't cough, your lungs are at least not infected at the moment. Okay. Whether that's true or not. I had a cold like six weeks ago, and then the this low, dry cough lasted for four weeks, but that's gone now too. So we're we're out of that zone. I it was so bad I almost saw a doctor. Really? Well, that's amazing. <laughs> that's typically what you should do when you have a problem: see a uh, doctor. Okay, April. Thank you for that information. <laughs> All Does she right. nag you about going to see a healthcare professional? Uh, nag no. Sound advice from the okay. my lovely bride is. I'm sorry. What I, I should have realized that as henpecked as you are, I should not use the word nag. Henpecked. We're glued together. We we got the perfect relationship. Who wears the pants in your family? We do. Okay. <laughs> Depends on what you're talking about. Finances. She understands numbers and she can make an Excel spreadsheet sing. All right. So that's her speciality. I'm in charge of. You spend. She she counts for it. <laughs> no, no. I'm in charge of cleaning the floors. Uh, she's in charge of all the subtle health care decisions that need to be made. I'm in charge of waxing the vehicles. Waxing the vehicles. Okay. Well, that's uh, who takes care of the bees. Uh, that's a joint okay. joint effort. We both work on that. All right. Well, I'm glad you found something you can divide equally. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's why we want that was really one of the reasons was so that we it would be one project that we'd have to work on together all the time. Okay. Well, so we almost got divorced because of the bees, but I'll tell you, no, 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 just kidding, just kidding. All right, well, welcome on board, everybody. It's WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Joe McGranahan is the co-host. Uh, he could not be fabulouser than he already is. Oh, Ms. I could be. Not you. <laughs> Oh, you're talking about Rob. <laughs> you have quite a, a, a bit of fabulous ceiling to go before you get to the All top. Right. Well, I, I should have realized you were talking about Rob. Rob Center's our fabulous <laughs> producer, so we really just appreciate all his help and hard work. On the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. our telephone number. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com or text us at 70236. I don't know if I should read this or not. One of our listeners sends me a text and says, I've met Rob. He's not that fabulous. <laughs> Never mind. Take it back. Well, it's only it fair back. the way we get criticism on the show. It's only fair Rob should get a little. <laughs> okay, that's true. Yeah, what am I? I'm nothing. But Dixie still loves him. You're important. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So did you see the CNN hysteria this morning? 
Uh, today, no, I didn't. I heard about it. You sent me a note. That's yeah. crazy. Trump address sparks chaos as coronavirus crisis deepens. That's their headline on their website this mm-hmm. morning. Uh, President Donald Trump set out to steady a rattled nation and a diving economy in a solemn over Oval Office address, but instead sowed more confusion and doubts that he is up to handling the fast-worsening coronavirus crisis. Mm, okay. So. Gee, no, well, you know, no pulling together there, no support, just, well... We told you it was bad, and Don Lemon apparently had a meltdown last night because he had uh, Ohio Governor John Kasich is one of their CNN's contributors, and CNN anchor Don Lemon had a total meltdown on Wednesday night, critics observed, after a guest on his show told him that President Trump's coronavirus address from the Oval Office was fine. Lemon, who has repeatedly insisted that he is not a partisan, had on former 2016 presidential candidate turned CNN contributor John Kasich to discuss the latest developments in the Trump administration's handling of the coronavirus outbreak. The anchor accused Trump of misrepresenting the travel ban that was sent on Europe after the White House offered clarification on what was affected. Look, I watched the address tonight, and I thought it was fine. He did fine, Kasich said. I'm glad he did the address tonight, and I think that was important. Kasich urged the president to stick to the script. However, none of that sat well with the CNN anchor. I don't know if he stuck to the script or not, Lemon said, but whatever script he was reading was wrong because they had to clarify it several times. And I've just got to say, if the president came out to calm people's fears, he didn't do a good job of it because he had to come back and clarify it several times. And this has been going on long enough for them to get it straight. We need straight, accurate information from this president and this administration, and we're not getting it. This is a man. Don Lemon, the nonpartisan right, Don who Lemon. says he's objective. Okay. You know, I, well, I, I think people know that he's not objective, and so that that's just more of the same, really. Although he's kind of out of the closet now. He d- almost typically is uh, sort of just asks pointed questions, not with declarative statements. Um, I like. I think CNN does a very good job of covering news, and I started watching them in the morning because Fox and Friends, while I like the political tone better, there's too much happy talk. And in the morning, if I'm going to do this show, I want to know what's going on in the world. Too much frivolity? Yeah. To, mm. Well, happy talk and, you know, three people there are talking over one another. There are only two people on uh, New Day, and that's uh, John Berman, CNN. who's pretty far left, and Allison Camerata, who used to be on Fox, but now appears to have gone over to the dark side. On CNN. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, she's okay. a good reporter, though. So, so I mean, I, th- I think that the president's speech, what I heard of it, and I must admit I didn't hear it all last night. It was only seven minutes. <laughs> he, um, well, I know, but I didn't catch part of it. I was drifting off to sleep okay, at the time. Okay. <laughs> Not that the president <laughs> well, that puts me to at sleep. at 9 o'clock to us. I'm an old guy. But, I mean, he seemed to be... A little more stiff than usual because I think he was trying to stick to the script. Now, it was not, obviously, he didn't write the speech. So he's reading what other people wrote, but he approved it. I mean, he has to sign off on it. I thought it struck the right tone, and he's certainly taking this seriously. Uh, Again, he poses a travel ban, but he's not stopping goods from coming in. That's one of Don Lemon's complaints. He made it sound like, all, tr- all transfers of stuff between, whether people or material, between Europe and America was going to be halted. Uh, he didn't say that. Um, he said 
you know, that it was for non-Americans was coming in. Non-Americans, Americans can coming trickle in, back. right? But that he had to go back and explain later that uh, goods would still be allowed to come into the country. I guess they're not the problem. The problem is people breathing on them. So what they're going to do with the sailors on the ships that bring in those goods is another question. But I think what he did was reasonable. I mean, I still don't think any president, whether it would be Barack Obama or Donald Trump, can win in this deal, especially in a political election year. If this maybe wasn't a presidential election year, maybe everybody would be working on pulling together, and maybe the Democrats would be a little more supportive, or at least offer some you know constructive advice. Now, they have a bill they're proposing uh, that encompasses some of the things the president was for. We'll see whether or not it goes anywhere. But Well, I thought he did fine. I, I, uh, he wasn't quite as... Um I don't know how to say it, so quite uh, bombastic as he typically is. So and so this is a tough thing for him to go to be serious and to also tell the truth the whole speech, <laughs> you know, there with very little exaggeration. And I didn't detect anything that was just outright false. That must be an incredible challenge for him to say something that doesn't have significant exaggerations in it or outright falsehoods. So that's a very difficult thing for him. But with you that sound like Don Lemon. No, but well, you know how he is. I mean, you know how he does his rallies and yeah. talks to people and stuff. So for him to tell the truth uh, for 17 minutes straight must have been a significant challenge. But guess what? He did it. He did what the president of the United States of America, greatest country on earth, uh, the man who all patriots have to salute to because of the high office, he did what he had to do. And that was to be serious, uh, to cut out some of the superlative adjectives that describe how fabulous he is and uh, to really go through. But you notice he did sneak in a couple. He used a little carrot in the speech and stuck in the, how incredible the team is that's working on this and just how much better we're doing it than working on this than other well, what, countries. What but that's fine. What would you expect fine. him to say? We have but a group of fine. idiots working on this who are, uh, I, fight their way out of I a paper said, bag? It's fine. He did perfectly fine and it, it was a real challenge for him to do it and to stick to the script but but he did so. He was obviously well-practiced, and uh, while he probably didn't write it, he certainly must have inspired it because it was sort of his kind of remarks. Well, you he know, was very somber, I thought. You know, and so and then the media was saying for weeks, well, he's trying to downplay this. He's making light of it. So he comes out last night, and he's somber, and then they find something else to, to find uh, fault with with him. I just don't think the guy can win. I'm not certain any president <laughs> could win in this situation, as I've said before. But in particular, this president can't win because well, the people on the left are just going to go nuts every time he says something. I, I saw one of my friends posted something this morning, Facebook friend, someone you know fairly well. And the people, his, his left-leaning friends were commenting on it saying, I watched Orange Harry, he's an idiot. This guy's a jerk. Now, how is that helpful? Hmm. You know, is, is that at all helpful in this situation? Well, I don't I think th it is. And I, I, I honestly, yeah, I don't know what you would have. Let's suppose you, you, you wanted, like, the, that, that critic that you mentioned was in charge of a speech. You know, you have to address the nation. I think that was well-timed. We carried it here on WKOK. So what is, what would have been the right thing to say or the right thing to do? I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, he talked about things. He came up with some, uh, he and the administration, the rest of his colleagues came up with some uh, steps that they think would be, um, 
you know, help under these circumstances. So we'll take people's opinion about this. Give us a buzz now. Now's the opportunity. Open phones. We'll take a quickie break, but when we come back, uh, we'll hopefully have a caller standing by. We would love to hear from you. What did you think of the president's remarks? Did he go far enough? Uh, how far out of character from his uh, normal outgoing self was he for you? Uh, I mean, I was, I was listening to him. I couldn't help but just roll my eyes because I knew who he really was, you know, so, but he was acting presidential last night, which is the order of the day under these circumstances. So, you know, what you're doing is called damning by faint praise. Well, you know, <laughs> this is, is a buffoon who, who managed to put on a remarkable performance last night of anti buffoonery. That's basically but, what you're but saying. Guess what? Half the country three years ago wanted him to be president of the United States for good, so good for them. They elected him. He's in. Now he's our president. And last night he had to be president, and he did fine. F I N E. You're hearing that? Yeah, well, that's the same thing that Governor Kasich said, and Don Lemon took him apart for it. <laughs> well, I'm glad Don Lemon's not here, so this works out. But somebody else can take me apart, and I would certainly enjoy that. 1-800-795-9565 is the telephone number. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at WKOK.com. We'd love to hear from you. President's speech, uh, universities uh, shutting down campuses or extending spring break, NBA canceled, Big Ten tournament starts tonight with no fans in the seats. Uh, what's your view on all of this? An NBA player who touches all of the digital microphones and recorders on his way out the other day, so that we got all kinds of stuff going on here. One eight hundred tested positive for coronavirus. Right, right. As did Tom Hanks and his wife. I heard about that. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. SMC Ford F-150 Explore Escape SMC Ford F-150 Explore Escape SMC Ford F-150 Explore Escape Sunbury Motors Ford is challenged to sell 75 new F-150s Explores and Escapes during the month of March with these huge savings Choose from over 140 new Ford F-150s with savings up to 16 grand and they start at just $24,794 Pick from over 25 of the totally redesigned 2020 Ford Explore with discounts up to $7,500. And they're slashed to as low as $33,965. Browse from over 56 of the all-new 2020 Ford Escape. And they're reduced as low as $21,965. Want more? Take an amazing ten grand off a 2019 Ford F-150 Raptor and a whopping $20,000 off a 2019 Ford Expedition. SMC has Central PA's largest selection of new Ford trucks. So hurry in to Sunbury Motors in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury. Welcome back. WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1-800-795-9565 is the telephone number. Uh, one of our listeners sent us a note uh, says, what I didn't hear Trump say last night was what extra funding and assistance hospitals are going to receive from, to help them with the tsunami of patients that's ahead. He seems more concerned about the stock market, which is plummeting on his watch, than he does about addressing the spread of the virus. Well, my daughter-in-law had a doctor's appointment yesterday, a regularly scheduled doctor's appointment, and she went into the office, and it was filled with people who appear to be less than healthy, mm. some of them wearing masks. You know, okay. I, I would think a doctor's office would have to, you know, lead the way and with respect to how they handle this, and I would expect that they would stop overbooking, you know, that they would take patients or find some secure, some secure place for them so that people who are healthy and have regular appointments are not subjected to those who are sick or have the flu. What if you waited in your car until 
like outside the doctor's office until like one minute before they're ready to see you or something. Well, that might work. I like the way um, Geisinger's urgent care place works down in Shemokin Dam. I assume all of them work this way, but you can uh, get online and check and see how busy they are, and they'll give you an approximate time to come in so that you don't have to sit and wait in the waiting room with people who are sick for an extended period of time. That seems like a better way to handle it to me. You know, if you have a doctor's appointment, you should be able to check and see, okay, the doctor's running 20 minutes behind, you come in 20 minutes later okay. instead of having everybody backed up into the waiting room waiting with all those sick coughing people. and sick and happen. yeah that's where all the good sick people are is that the and I would suspect hospital. the same thing's true in hospital emergency rooms I suspect they are, they're going to be overwhelmed and sick people are going to be sitting there because people who have serious injuries or people who are having heart attacks are going to take precedence over somebody who's coughing and sneezing and has a fever all right. Well, we would love your opinion about this. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Is that an email for us yes, to read? Yes, it said, uh, why, when should schools close for coronavirus? Uh, I guess this came up because of the meeting of the uh, principals yesterday or superintendents of the area school districts where they decided to keep the schools open around here. Um, Christakis Yale Lab normally studies how humans spread everything from ideas to behaviors to germs, but he says he's now all in on studying how coronavirus might spread. Aside from developing a vaccine and getting everyone to wash their hands thoroughly, closing schools is one of the most effective things a community can do to slow a contagion, says Christ, uh, Christakis, author of Blueprint, The Evol- Evolutionary Origins of a Good Society. But timing matters. He points to the studies of 1918 Spanish flu suggests some cities may have saved lives by deciding to close schools earlier. Closing the schools before anyone in the school is sick is a very different thing to do, he said, even though it's probably extremely beneficial and much wiser. Uh, Marco Angeli is a uh, computational epidemiologist. Hmm. Never heard of one of those. At the Bruno Kessler Foundation in Italy, he uses advanced math to model the course of disease outbreaks, and he has studied school closures. He echoes Christakis by saying there is scientific evidence that closing schools can buy time and delay the peak of an an epidemic. Well, we don't really have uh, any of the disease around here. So I guess the conclusion of that remark then is now is the time to close the schools before we have it. Most schools around here haven't, you haven't seen any changes. Now some are curtailing if they have an exchange student that's about to switch or, or an exchange student that's about to come home, they're curtailing that. But beyond that, we haven't seen much changes at the schools. And that's because most of the individuals who attend the schools during the day and at night are from around here and they stay around here and there's not a ton of interaction with the rest of the globe on a regular basis not like there is on campus where you have speakers coming from all over the world and of course you got students all over the world right now for spring break you don't want to bring all them back and converge on the same campus at the same time when but they've those, all been everywhere those speakers stay at local hotels or places that you know they dine at restaurants mm-hmm. you know it's possible for people to be infected that's how it spreads that's right look at uh, what it started with two cases in Washington state and now, how many do we have? Over a thousand in America? Well, that's not where New York got it. New York got it from, from somebody Europe, else overseas. From Europe, yeah. All right. So, 
But all it takes is one person coming in who has it, and he interacts with one American person, as you put it, who does go to that school, who does sit in that auditorium, and the next thing you know, we've got 30 or 40 people who are sick. Right, and that's why the campuses are curtailing their operations. But that's why the schools are not, because you don't get this global interaction on a regular basis. But you can tell that once the first case pops up around here, then we're going to have a problem. Then that's probably going to be the next step. But what about events? like? And I know the kids work very hard on them, like the school plays, where they attract large, large numbers, and deservedly so, of, of parents and relatives and people in the community who want to see the kids perform. You know, there are maybe, what, three, four hundred, five hundred people mm-hmm. in attendance at those events? Is And I notice other well, places are banning 5,000. Well, I notice in some cases they're banning events of 5,000 or more. That seems disingenuous to me. What's magic about that number? In any group of 5,000 people, the odds are what? That you won't have anybody who's sick? I don't know, but, but if it's over 5,000... Right. Statisticians. Stati- people who understand statistics. <laughs> statisticians. That's a statistician, right. Right. They say that's sort of the, the threshold where you have to, you're almost, even regardless of where everybody's from, you almost automatically had just have somebody with a bad cold or a worse cold or not with the coronavirus necessarily. But uh, for some reason, that yeah, that's a magic number. We don't get those kind of numbers at the school musicals. No, around not around here. here. But I'll tell you what, there's going to be close to that number that will attend the Shikolamish play over the six nights of the play next week because the auditorium's almost sold out each night and it holds more than 900 people and it's six nights. So, six nights. Yeah, so you're going to get to uh, you know nearly that many over well, the two-week run. the kids work very hard, and if there's a limited risk, I say let them do it, you know, because they've put so much time and effort into it. People have to make their own decisions about whether they want to be in that situation. <laughs> yes, and unlike the NBA... Yeah, you can't do a play to no audience. <laughs> <laughs> the presentation is the message. Right. So Tonight's play will not have an audience, so... <laughs> All right. One, oh, and you know the other thing about the president last night is he he didn't say anything that was untrue. So that you know I had mentioned that before. He didn't reiterate like he likes to do it casually that the the vaccine is imminent and that it's no worse than a, a common cold. Oh, but then you obviously don't believe uh, Don Lemon when he says the president was lying about the economic the EU not taking enough action to stop the spread of it. And that's why he imposed the travel ban? You believe he was telling the truth about that? Uh, I I don't know, but I I think it's an opinion. I'm sure he has some backup for it. Um, You know, it'd be hard to say that it's just blatantly untrue. That could be an exaggeration. But, you know, to me, I don't care about that. You know, when I was listening to the speech, I was thinking, what's it going to do at my hospital, my school, my business place, uh, my colleagues, my family? What's he got to do for me? If uh, If he's upset about the EU, good for him. Him and if he wants to prevent uh, individuals who aren't Americans from coming into the U.S. from highly infected areas, it sounds like a, a prudent idea anyway. I don't know if it'll work. I'm not that up on it, but it sounds like an, a, an idea worth pursuing. Well, uh, the other thing that concerns me now, what a terrible time to have a medical facility in our area closed down. The Sunbury Hospital. Right. You know, we, we might need oh, that they have facility. Plenty of, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying, but the ER over there wasn't swamped even during no, but the it worst would be. cold and oh, flu no, they season. Oh, no, they were very busy. They weren't uh, they, swamped. They weren't swamped compared to other ERs, but they did a lot. They did a good amount of business. Evan's ready. Well, I know Evan's ready, but I think there's only a limit to how much Evan and Geisinger and even Shimokin can pick up. 
you know, if Lou they're Runcy overloaded. Has ER. Williamsport Regional Medical Center has an ER. Do you want to drive 25, 30 miles to get care? I do not, but okay. if I'm really sick, I'm taking the chopper well, to Hershey. Yeah. <laughs> so that would, if they, I mean, if these ERs get your are wallet full. out, that ain't cheap, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Do they charge you as you get on the plane? I don't know, but I someone I don't know whether it's true or not, but I've heard twenty six thousand, twenty five thousand, twenty six thousand. Oh no kidding. Well I've done life flights as part of a a reporter's junket, but never as a patient. Well let's hope you never do have to use it as a patient. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, if I need it It's good to know it's there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 1-800-795-9565. Write that down in the next hour or so. You will need that. Joe, what's that email say? Did you get a chance to look at it? It says, good morning, Mark and Joe. President Trump did well. Question, I wonder how well we would do if we believe it's just the flu and everyone you were in charge of is in a panic. President Trump is just a man. Please figure out a way you can be helpful in this crisis of the flu. Okay. And that's a good point. Instead yep. of trying to make political hay out of it, you know, and I, again, I believe this would be an entirely different situation if this wasn't a presidential election year. I think that the, the you know, the, Ber- the Bernie Sanders and the Joe Bidens are going to have to try to do everything they can to make this president look bad instead of saying, you know, we're going to put partisan politics aside for the next few weeks and we're going to help the president in any way we can to get his message out or to do what's necessary to, you know, make sure that our, our citizens are safe and protected. Well, this will be half forgotten by November anyway. <laughs> It may well be. If it's true that as the weather warms, this becomes more dormant and less likely to infect people, it'll be easy to forget about it. But then again, they say that these things often flare up again when the weather turns cold, and sometimes they're even worse in the second round. Well, we talked to one financial advisor yesterday, not John Shipman, who's in the news. You'll hear an excerpt, but a different one who said uh, clawbacks from this kind of decline on Wall Street generally only take about six months, and and that we are... If you have, you know, sound investing where you didn't have all your money in stocks and that, you know, some of it was in bonds and other other ways, that you can do a, a pretty close to a, a substantial recovery in about six months, as long as Wall Street climbs back. back. up. Right. I mean, or as long as the uh, those overseas investments go back up. Well, I'd be inclined, if I were doing anything, to buy one of those mutual funds that tracks the Dow Jones. You know, just a, a replica, a replica of the Dow Jones, right? Because eventually, get it that's now. Gonna, yeah, get it now. That's going to go back up. Yeah, but see, there's a lot of anchors in the Dow now, like uh, oil stocks and energy companies in general. Banks are flat. Um, uh, what's another sector that's pretty flat? That's all I can think of. Transportation, hospitality. Well, yeah, I don't know about that. Well, hospitality has been booming, so that's. But it's not now. Oh, it's, right. Well, nothing is now. But I mean, in the past uh, couple years, all your energy stocks and bank stocks have been relatively relatively flat. Uh, Let's see. We're going to have to uh, take a break. When we come back, we have an answer from Steve Jones about an unanswered question yesterday. Uh, We didn't discuss that on the air, did we? Yeah, yes, we did. Okay, okay. Plus, he he put in there a phrase you very, very rarely hear. Mark is absolutely correct. (laughs) (laughs) I don't hear it at home often. I don't hear it here often, so... We might repeat the segment a couple of times. All right, you're listening to On the Mark, WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show, CBS News. We'll be right back with more talk. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. 
Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings and welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show, On The Mark. We have the fabulous producer, that's F-A-B-U-L-E-S-T, the most fabulous producer in all of history. That's Mr. Rob Center, so we appreciate his help and hard work. I'm Mark Lawrence, strikingly handsome, subpar host of the show, and we got uh, Joe's here, too, so we're going to get some uh, news headlines here. Thank you for that glorious introduction. <laughs> I'm learning uh, uh, praise by, what is Damning it? Damning by things. There you go. Thank you. I have to get that phrase down. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. You can check them out at sunburymotors.com. We'll have a lot more to say about them coming up shortly here, including a special announcement. A vehicle's coming soon. Wait till you hear about this on the toll-free line. Here is open if you'd like to be on the radio talking about the president's remarks last night. We haven't heard any public calls from people yet about what they thought of the president's remarks, so give us a buzz. 1-800-795-9565. We're going to talk about Joe Biden's meltdown around some citizens as well, and so we'll be talking about that today, but call us up right now, 1-800-795-9565, if you think the president did fine. Email us at onthemarketwkok.com. What if you don't think he did fine? Can you call anyway? That's a different number, okay. 1-800-795-9565, if you think that uh, he just has no credibility and can't possibly pull off anything presidential. Email us at onthemarketwkok.com or text us at 70236. We do have some brief news headlines. 16 cases of coronavirus have now been diagnosed in Pennsylvania. Secretary of Health Dr. Rachel Levine says two formerly presumptive positive cases of COVID-19 in Delaware and Wayne counties have been confirmed as positive by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, while there are 14 presumptive positive cases in the state. The latest case is a resident of Monroe County, an adult who is also hospitalized. This individual was in contact with someone else who tested positive for COVID-19. Levine says a total of 173 Pennsylvanians have been tested for COVID-19. Mark Sims, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Latest case in Bucks County, which has two cases of COVID-19, bringing to 16 that number that uh, he mentioned there. WKOK has an update from Evangelical Community Hospital regarding visitation. All essential visitors, such as parents, spouse, or primary caregivers who are experiencing any symptoms of a respiratory illness and go to the hospital are asked to wear a mask at all times while they're non-essential visitors who have any sort of a respiratory issue are asked not to visit even at all. At Susquehanna University yesterday, they announced that citing the safety of their students and faculty, they've extended their spring break one full week. Students will resume on March 23rd. They are exploring the idea of online learning alternatives for students so that they'll be able to finish their semester on time at Susquehanna University. When will your 401 K Recover, John Shipman, a financial advisor from Sunbury, says it shouldn't be long before stocks are back up. If we take some steps to limit large gatherings, allow people to work from home, I think we can get ahead of it. So it's going to be, I say, another month or six weeks of some uncertainty. 
He reiterated to the public that don't let panic guide your investing decisions. At Chickalamie School District, they say communication and daily cleaning of all touch surfaces is part of their strategy. No change in the schedule there or at Sealands Grove School District, where the superintendent, Dr. Chad Kaur, says there are no changes to the district's regular schedule. He says the district will continue to monitor the situation daily, and they are prepared to act if the situation warrants at uh, Sealands Grove. Finally, you can feel it. Raise the Region is underway. A kickoff celebration took place last evening at Aubrey Alexander Toyota in Hummel's Wharf. Uh, the Raise the Region fundraising is underway. Uh, during the uh, donating overnight, the entire Raise the Region effort, eight years worth, surpassed the $1.5 million mark. Blaze Alexander was a guest at the kickoff event. Well, we're trying to help out a lot of different people. And this, uh, I guess it this is an easy way to do it without having to interview every single charity that's here. We're trying to bust our record of 1.2 million too, I heard, so that's going to be a challenge. All right, you can follow the results online right now. Northumberland Christian School, top don- donor recipient of the online giving at raisetheregion.org. Raisetheregion.org. Uh, please do participate in that wonderful opportunity for you to uh, help your local community. Okay, buddy. All right. Uh, yesterday, we talked about the fact that uh, uh, Coach James Franklin of the Penn State Nittany Lions football team gets, what, 30-some? point-some million dollars. A year. Right. Right, per year. Uh, you thought it was paid for in part by tuition and maybe some taxpayer dollars. I knew it came from the athletic department, so I sent Steve Jones this note. I said, greetings. I want you to settle an argument. Joe says taxpayers and student tuition pays James Franklin's salary. I say it's athletics, royalties, ticket sales, etc. Who's right? And he replies, Mark is absolutely wrong. No, he does not. <laughs> Says Mark is absolutely correct. Penn State Athletics is financially autonomous from the university. James is paid out of the athletic department budget. The university contributes zero to the athletic department budget. He also has his base pay supplemented by Learfield for talk shows and pregame and postgame shows, which allows him to get the number you read about. All right. Plus, he gets money from Nike. So this is Joe Paterno's contract that started. 30 years ago. Nike's still involved. Well, I knew they made a lot of money on endorsements and side deals, but I thought okay. the, I, I honestly okay. thought the uh, revenue came. It does ultimately come from the taxpayers. The people who go to Penn State football games pay taxes. Okay, true. Don't they? But, well, no, not all, not all of them. A lot of them are students who may not have an income. And they don't get in for free, do they? Uh, they do pay, right? But the taxpayer. Well, I guess all money has Everything to touch comes the from hands the taxpayer. of a tax. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't mean they're paying it in taxes. No, all money eventually. Co- that, that, that's way. like saying the government pays for it because the government prints money. Let's put it this way: If James Franklin got one million dollars, not four point five, they could lower the cost of tickets to the right. game so that more people who are uh, less. Uh, what what's that word? Anybody the new that, word for poor? Uh, well, I forget what it is. We talked about it last week. It um, doesn't matter. You're making fun of it anyway. No, so I'm, I'm not, not going to help you. <laughs> the, uh, I'm not. I think it's uh, great. tickets aren't expensive to Penn State games anyway. They aren't. No, parking is expensive. Okay, well, so so park so, off campus and take the campus bus. 
take a take it. Well, there's no Amtrak service to state colleges there, so I guess you'd have to. Uh, no, I know. think you have to go to Altoona to get on a train. Right, so maybe you get to go to Altoona, get the train, and then take a bus to State College. Right, or ride your bike, too. That's what I do when I was a student. Okay, you rode your bike from Altoona to the State College? No. Okay. <laughs> from State College to home one time. Well, we've got a lot going on in the news. We talked yesterday. We didn't really get into it in great detail, but Joe Biden's name has been in the news a lot this week for his continued victories in the Democratic primaries, and the media continues to overlook his gaffes, um, although they did cover the fact that he told a, a United Auto Worker that he was full of excrement, and mm-hmm. he didn't use that word. Told him shush a couple times. Right. Well, then he said he was a, um, a horse's uh, patoot, oh if you will, only he used the three-letter word for that. Okay. So is this uh, is this a sign of uh, senility setting in? No. Guy, see, this is a sign uh, of many, humanity. <laughs> many times people who have uh, some early sign of dementia start cursing and swearing, mm-hmm. and that's not unusual for them to do that. And it seems out of character for Biden. I don't recall him cursing at people before. Well, I think he's just speaking frankly. But, I, you know, this... Oh, okay, that's very look, frankly. I am not I am not a big Joe Biden fan. I would have voted for any one of the people who were on that packed stage before I'd vote for him. Except that lady who's, like, the greeting card author or the, the ethereal one. She's out of it now. Oh, right, I know. But anyway, I can't so... Think of her name. Right, but uh, in any event, he's not my favorite. You know, I, th- I think he's a gaffe machine anyway. But see, this is just an element of humanity. He's surrounded by people who disagree with his uh, policy ideas. And he gets irritated because they're, you know, they continue to fire questions at him. To me, that makes him more normal. That's a, a more normal. But if it was outcome. President Trump, you'd be saying, "Oh, he's off the rails." He responded. He he got very upset at this man just asking him a simple question. We did. He is. He's getting lots of scrutiny. I saw it on national TV. I mean, you know, NBC or ABC, one of the two. Of and them then Chuck it. Schumer up there threatening the Supreme Court justices. You're gonna get yours. Okay, so all Democrats are now off the rails. No, I, I don't think. So. I don't think so. But I the point I was headed towards is that this is symptomatic of where we are in this country, and I don't know that the president doesn't bear some responsibility for it, but we've now come to expect uh, personal attacks on people with whom we disagree. And that, I think, is a very sad thing. I mean, I can look at you, and you and I disagree on this program all the time, yet I would say we're friends, and we've been friends for a number of years, and when the program's over, you don't curse and swear at me as we go out the door. We usually talk <laughs> about something, and we leave. And that's the same thing when I do the show with Steve. He's the same way. I can talk to him. We can disagree, but in the middle of the program, after the program's over, that's it. one 800 is our telephone number. one 800 Maybe I should sing it. One eight hundred seven nine five. Are you going to be like five, that? Six, five. How about getting a quartet to sing like in that commercial? Sing the name of the right, uh, oh. the right candidate for the job. Vince Lundy. Vince Lundy. One eight hundred seven nine five. Fans on one. Fans Let's on try. one. Ready? One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Fan, you're on the mark. Boy, oh boy, that I almost <laughs> went away during that. You guys have a great voice. I don't think you brought it to work today. But that was <laughs> I left it on the counter. Anyway, uh, all I'm uh, all I called about was uh, whatever happened to was well, if somebody attacks him, he strikes back. When Trump calls somebody some horrible name, and you say, Joe, well, he's a big bully, so he fights right back, and that's a good thing. But when Joe Biden comes upon a person who was wrong about what he said and was insisting it loud, 
And Joe said, you're full of horses, patoot, or whatever it was. <laughs> you say, oh, he's going bananas. Well, I'm sorry, the banana train started with your guy in the White House. Oh, but I think there's a difference there, Than. The president hasn't cursed at people that I'm aware of who just ask him a question. He, he gets mad at the media. He gets mad at other he politicians. He calls the media the enemy of the people, and, of course, you, which really but the, the media me isn't day, the media isn't a person. Put down the media. The media isn't a person, Than. I'm talking about interacting with a person one on one and calling them, telling them they're full of excrement, and calling them a horse's rear end. That's not something okay, the president I, has listen, done. If, apparently, you don't hear the things Trump says. You just hear the things that Biden. No, says. I hear the things he so says, but he doesn't I can't say help them. With Than, I hear the things he says, but he doesn't say them to the man on the street. He says them to political leaders and media people. He doesn't say them to Joe Dokes, who asks him a question. He didn't curse anybody out at the town hall he did where citizens ask him questions. Joe Biden is doing that. No, the town hall was only Republicans. You realize that Trump fires everybody that he disagrees with. Who disagree with him? I think he's going to get rid of all these fine doctors who are trying to get some coronavirus uh, relief out there. And they say, uh, he said, uh, Trump says, why, we've got lots of kits. And then the people who really know say, well, it's going to be months before we have lots of kids. But you're, and, you've fallen victim to that same thing. They were talking about two different things. The president was talking about right now. The vice president was talking about the need going forward. If you had listened carefully, you would have realized that. Oh, brother. Well, if you realize that I don't listen, I do listen, of course, to the commentators right now. Fox News is on. I'm listening to you, but I'm watching on television because I'm wondering what they're talking about, but uh, what they what they did and do is uh, Trump calls people terrible, terrible names. No Trump, argument. Or let's say not terrible names. Let's say he puts them down. Somebody who wrote an article against him who has some disablement. A Muslim <laughs> man whose kid did something. And uh, poor old uh, Trump can't keep his mouth out of it. And you think Biden is bad? I think when you start cursing and swearing at people who come up to you, you you go you put yourself in a position where you're meeting with people who are uh, just Joe citizen on the street, or they're they're a, a, uh, in this case a UAW member, and he was at a UAW meeting. The guy says to him something he doesn't like, and instead of calmly and dispassionately explaining where the guy is wrong, he says he's full of crap. Okay, I I can tell that you'll always be the guy who sides with the guy who's on your side rather than on who's right. Did Biden... And I don't think either of them are right, by the way. I don't, I don't like Trump doing that. If Obama had done that, I wouldn't have liked it. When ba Obama put people in cages, I was one of the first people to say, hey, wait a minute. And at that time, there might have been three. Now, hundreds lost kids who don't know where their parents are. That's a lot different. Uh, did he say that the rifle that was used in some of these shootings is an AR-14? Yes, he did. Yeah, oh, okay. He did. I, I wouldn't... You know, the thing is, I'm one of those people without guns, and I don't know much about guns except what I hear 
on the media, basically, because my friends don't walk around talking about it all the time. I wouldn't know an AR-14 from a strep throat, but I do know one of them kills you immediately and outstrips mm-hmm. the police the police in uh, firepower. Well, there is no the AR-14, is there? Well, actually, there is. There one, is? Of, one of my friends who's a gun nut sends me a text and says, and uh, uh, Joe Biden was right. There is an AR-14. It was the predecessor to the AR-15. It was calibered in two forty three, and was later upgraded and became the AR-15. <laughs> so a lot of people criticized Biden. I guess I actually didn't hear this aspect of it, but I guess he said there was an AR-14 well, uh, aspect. Well, Biden, uh, Bernie, uh, the, the guy with all the stuff all over his face, he was president, all of those guys are old, so they probably think back in the AR-14 <laughs> day. No, I think uh, he just no, made a mistake, but that's all right. That's is certainly his prerogative. Well, all right. Thank you so much, Than. Thanks, Than. Appreciate your call, buddy. Take yep, care. I really appreciate I'll it. Thank you. I'll talk to you later. I was all over the place with that, but you guys are all over the place this morning. That's Thank our you. job. Yep, we're done with the virus for now. <laughs> all right. 1-800-795-9565. We will be right back. Up your new car game in March with a new Kia for just $99 a month from Sunbury Motors Kia. Lease a 2020 Kia Forte LXS for just $99 a month for only 36 months. With deals like this, you'll have to hurry in to get in under the buzzer. Sunbury Motors Kia also has up to $4,373 off on a 2020 Kia Optima LX, now just $2,262. And $4,271 off on a 2020 Kia Sportage LX SUV, now only $21,284. Everyone's a winner with Kia because all new Kias come with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Your new car game in March with Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Lease term 36 months, 12,000 miles per year. $5,000 total to sign or equivalent trade. Tax and tags extra. Discounts include all applicable rebates. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. For details, see retailer or go to Kia.com. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Lower right-hand corner first, Joe. Okay. Uh, one of our texters says, I saw the back and forth between Joe Biden and the auto worker. The auto worker was respectful and asked the question about his gun control plans. After all, he just said he is going to have Beto O'Rourke take charge of his gun control plans. And he said that they were coming for your weapons, didn't he? Yes. When they said, uh, would you confiscate weapons? He said, hell yes, we're coming for your weapons. All right. Well, you can do this one, too, and then we'll get Stan. And then, yes, this person obviously doesn't agree with that. He says, get your facts straight, Joe, before you make statements. Fact, the gun nut that approached Biden accused him of wanting to take away his weapons and Second Amendment rights, a misconception made over and over again by gun worshippers. The only mention of taking away any weapon is the recommendation by Biden to ban assault weapons. But that wasn't the point. The point was he could have done it in a respectful tone. And my problem oh, is, no, he could have. He could have talked to the guy respectfully. He could have said, listen, don't you I don't know where you got human. your information. Well, you know, but you're, we're talking about here's what That's I said to you how off. He started. What I said to you off, Mike. We know what Donald Trump is. We know how he talks. He's always talked that way. He's always been that way. Mm-hmm. Biden didn't used to be this way. So the fact that Biden is now acting this way is a change. And anytime someone of his age changes, you have to ask yourself: Is there a reason for the change? There could be absolutely, positively, no reason at all whatsoever that the man on the phone right now will vote for Joe Biden. 
Mr. Stan is on the line. Thanks for calling in, buddy. Yeah, the Russians are going to make me vote against them. That's it. <laughs> or maybe it's the Chinese. Could be the Ukrainians. I'm not sure. It could be the Bidens. Uh, <laughs> but it definitely would be Biden. I'll never vote for a Democrat. Anyways, uh, as far as the AR-14. AR-14. Now, there was an M-14 that the military used. That was Select Fire in 308. Woodstock, look, it was uh, basically a copy of the M1 Grand with some improvements. But as far as an AR-14, I am not familiar with any any such thing. There is an AR-10, which takes a 308 and that size case, you know, and it, that functions the same as the AR-15. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, Biden, I'm just thinking Biden's losing his mind. It just seems that way. I mean, he's getting awfully combative. And, you know, when people don't uh, agree with him, he has some strange names for him. Uh, but <laughs> Can you imagine, now this weekend, I guess there's a debate, and it's going to be he and uh, uh, Bernie, Bernie Sanders. Sanders are going to be there. Yeah. Um, can you imagine how nervous he's going to be? Because he has to perform perfectly. No more gaffes, no more misremembering, which he has performed well at one or two of the debates and poorly at others. So he's going to have to uh, you know, have a quintessential performance here. Well, uh, yeah, it could be interesting. My understanding is there's not going to be any audience in the, at this debate. Am I correct? Well, I don't know. Maybe no, because heard. of the coronavirus? I haven't heard that, but it could make sense. I don't know if that's their reasoning or what, but that's what I had heard. Now, whether it's 100% true, I, I won't swear by, but that's what I heard. Okay. So, if he's sitting in a room directly across from Bernie, and, you know, I think Bernie has all his faculties... He's just an angry old man is the way I look at him. Uh, an angry old socialist, actually. You know, he just, you know, he's, you know, when the, when, when the Fox guys ask him, you know, with coronavirus, would you, is there any reason with this thing coming that you would shut down the southern border? No. That's exactly how he said it. No. Then but. he went on to call uh, Trump a racist and a whole host of things that he normally calls Trump. But he when at least, he at least went on Fox to do it, and Joe Biden won't. So, I mean, Bernie has the guts to stand there and take it from people who disagree with him. Apparently, Joe Biden wants to call them names. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure there was a lot of people in that audience that didn't that disagreed with uh, Bernie. I didn't watch the whole thing, so I, I can't speak to that. I just know what I that one clip that I heard about that. They asked him, the, the moderators, they asked him directly, with the coronavirus being what it is and what we know now as much as we know about it, would you under these circumstances, close the southern border. And his one-word one answer was, no, he won't. So all the people in the world that want to come across the southern border, if they're sick, he's not going to close it. But they call, but he calls Trump a xenophobe and blah, blah, whatever else, he's racist and all that, because he may, and he hasn't. He should. I think he should. But Trump hasn't I mean, done that. Trump hasn't closed the southern border because of coronavirus. He should. Okay. I, I I I think you know all ports of entry should be closed. You know, to, uh, unless you can monitor monitor the people and be able to check them to see if they're ill. And I don't know if they can do that the way it is now. But it, you know, closing the southern border is kind of a misnomer too, because there's so much wide open spot space <laughs> along the border that it's never ever closed. The only thing you can close is the ports of entry. Right, the gate keeps, but you just go around the gate. <laughs> go a couple right, miles out of town, yeah. walk through so, uh, open areas, and away you go. 
Right. And as far as Biden and the guns, you know, he, he's, you know, the guy directly asked him, why do you want to take our guns? He says, I never said that. Well, I, yes, he has. You know, well, he says, well, you know, nobody needs to or what, what did he say? You don't need guns. You know, uh, one of the words was he, you don't need any guns. After he went on to say the First Amendment, you know, in this crowded place where he was in a factory, you know, those were, those were they call them UAW workers, but my understanding is they were construction workers building the plant. Now, they may be UAW members. I don't know. But regardless, he's saying you can't, with the First Amendment, you can't yell fire in this space with a crowd of people, which is true. So he's saying under the Second Amendment, you don't need any guns. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he, 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 I think he probably meant some guns, not any guns, but he said any guns is what he said. You don't need guns. Okay. You know, so I, I don't know. I, I think, I, like I said, I think he's, I think he's, it's elder abuse the way they're tre- he's being treated. He's being put out there way beyond his capacity right now to think. Not not necessarily his fault. Who's abusing you know, is there him? There's something going on with dementia. His staff. Yeah, it was staff in the DNC because they don't want <laughs> Bernie in there. Okay. You know, they, Bernie has exposed the you know the DNC for what they are—a bunch of socialists. He's been honest about it. They're just dishonest about it because everything up on that the debate stage with all the people that were running basically said the same thing that Bernie said with a little kinder terms. Okay. You know, yeah. you know, you need universal health care, blah, and you're going to tax the rich. You know, they're all saying the same thing. Is that Bernie's more honest about it about who he supports? You know, he does like Castro. You know, which <clears throat> you know, the murderous dictator. And he probably yeah, likes was it Shave Guevara or whatever his name che was. Che Guevara. Yeah, you know, they're he's making a fan of his too. They're making a movie about Bernie. It's called Honeymoon in Moscow. <laughs> yeah, he did. I know. You know <laughs> so who who in their right mind back in the seventies honeymooned in Moscow? Not very many people I know of. Sounds like Bernie yeah. Sanders. Yeah, at the height of the Cold War, you know, and then he came back praising how nice the rail stations were and blah. He didn't say anything about the bread lines that people were staying in, you know, trying to get food. I, I just don't understand. I just it's beyond me how people can vote for either one of them. You know, one's obviously got problems. Well, they had so many... I'm not a doctor, but just on the face, the way it looks, he's got problems. Well, they had so many candidates out there. I mean, some of them were halfway decent, some of them Mm -hmm. weren't. Yeah, they had some good candidates, but they let them go. Voters said, no, we want the the old guy. (laughs) The women didn't get in because, you know, the men are misogynist. Oh, wait a minute. It's all your Democrat voters are the misogynist and sexist and racist because no people of color, no women... So, you know, they, they brought, paint everybody with a broad brush, but it's people in their party okay. that, that failed yeah. to bring them across the line. We got you, brother. Thank you. Appreciate your call, Stan. Take care. Thank you, Stan. Uh, We have a couple of emails uh, pending, but we'll take more callers. 1-800-795-9565. That's 1-800-795-9565. We're talking about the presidential race and Joe Biden's meltdown in front of uh, some, uh, when confronted and surrounded by some United Auto Workers, right? Auto Workers. Uh, So they were highly confronted, and so he fired back. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, the 
doesn't bother me. I don't think it's a perfect behavior, but it's perfectly human. So, and certainly Trump has lowered the bar on presidential behavior. So we can we can probably address that while we're on it. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is the telephone number. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five on the marks. Brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. And I want you to meet some people. Jason Benfer is down there at the Lincoln dealership. He's going to set you up in his navigator so that he can cruise and style and spend those millions of dollars he's got in the bank, even though he's worth about 8% less today than he was yesterday. Joe is. Jason's still there with affordable, hybrid, perfect Lincoln uh, cars, especially the Navigator, because Joe needs four-wheel drive for some weird reason. Mickey and Selmo's over in the Ford dealership, going to put you in a Ford F-150. Jeff Clock is there. He's got a Taurus with your name on it. Mike DeFeo has my Ford Ranger standing by. It's that saber color. It's like a rusty uh, coppery color. I like it. Uh, Ernie and Austin are over at the Kia dealer. Kyle's down there moving cars faster than you can imagine. And they are very experienced. Well, Kyle's brand new, but he really knows how to talk to people on a good one-on-one level and is the most honest man you'll ever meet. So they'll get you set up. Sunbury Motor Company, Ford, Hyundai, Kia, Lincoln, Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury. SunburyMotors.com, the place to order your next vehicle. We have 20 minutes worth of emails. All right, so only about one. I'll read slowly. But anyway, (laughs) all right, we uh, need some callers here, folks. Now's your opportunity. We started out talking about the president's remarks. We had no takers on that, though Joe and I had a good discussion, I thought. I thought the president did fine. He's not medicated as much as he has been in the past. He read from the teleprompter, didn't ad-lib much. He stuck a couple adjectives in there, but uh, thats (laughs) I don't think he can help himself there. So he did fine. 1-800-795-9565 if you want to send in your... uh, Remarks. Uh, we also talked a little bit about the coronavirus and its spread. And uh, let's see, we were talking about AR-14, which was a reference. One of our gun nuts says there is such a gun. Stan says he's never heard of it, but that's all right. Uh, Stan hasn't heard of absolutely positively everything in the entire world. He'll be first to admit that. So call us now, 1-800-795-9565. Right, one of our emailers says, Hard to believe even reading from a teleprompter is difficult for this president. I really feel secure and assured that all will be well under his guidance and leadership. Now, of in this quotes, president. put that in. Right. Well, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to read that. Under the quote, under the quote guidance, guidance, unquote, and quote, and quote leadership. leadership, unquote, of this president. As for Biden melting down to the gun fanatic, it's about time someone addresses the rhetoric and nonsense forcefully of anyone taking away your precious guns. Amen. If banning assault rifles is taking away your Second Amendment rights, so be it. No, no one needs a weapon designed for the battlefield, and surely not appropriate for hunting or any form of sport. Well, it's too late. If Beto O'Rourke doesn't want to take over the gun position for President Biden, perhaps this writer will. They both headed the same direction. Mm, no, no takeaways, please. Okay, and then one of our other writers says, FYI, Biden shushed a female staffer. Also, NBC edited the threat out of the recording, par for the course. Oh, what was the threat? I didn't hear the threat. I don't know. Um... Well, calling him uh, full of Well, poop? that's not a threat. Well, okay. I, I think a threat is, I'm going to blank if you don't shush or something. Uh, as for what Stan had called in earlier... He says, I don't have time to go over all of them, but check Snopes. Bernie did not vacation in Russia. The total misinformation on this show is sad. We didn't say he vacationed there. We said he honeymooned there. And that's right. I pretty well accepted as a fact. He admits it, doesn't he? I don't know. I I don't. I, I think he does. Well, we'll check it. You do Snopes okay. while I do Mike. Mike, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. 
Yeah, an interesting thing happened yesterday to try to put the coronavirus in perspective. I was talking to a woman who <clears throat> several years ago was out with her husband, and they were trying to find a uh, nursing home facility for their mother slash mother-in-law. And they went to one particular, well, they went to several, but the one that they liked the most and felt the most comfortable with, they were told that there's an extensive waiting list, and it could be a year, two years, until something would open up. But then the head of the nursing home went on to say, but if we get a good flu go through here, there'll be lots of openings. Okay? <laughs> oh, morbid humor, yeah. My favorite. Yeah, I guess, and I wasn't, I wasn't really trying. I mean, yeah, I, I kind of reacted that, that way, chuckled in the beginning. And I'm not trying to be funny, but the reality is, uh, I mentioned earlier that you know we thought that the average age of the victims now was about 80, in the United States was about 80. And then, you know, I, I didn't know if that was true or not, but this kind of confirmed that when you're in a nursing home, you know, you're kind of near the end usually, and, you know, for most things. And when the flu, the flu comes through, this this woman confirmed, and, and you know, hey, we're going to have lots of beds open if we get a bad flu season. And, and I think, I, I mean, I find it hard to believe that the United States, I mean, the, the stock market's froze. They, they've locked it down again right now. Uh, one of the other radio stations I listened to went to national news. They interrupted all local programming. So, uh, to me, this is very reminiscent of the culture and the way people were responding, you know, after, in the aftermath of 9-11. And uh, I don't know that it's anywhere close to that. Okay. Yeah, and I, Joe? No, I'm, I'm listening. I agree. <laughs> All right. So what should we do? What, what should be a next step? Mike, do you have a suggestion as to what we should do? Well, I think that people need to recognize, you know, we... I've always said that we don't know the mortality rate of this disease because we don't know the, the denominator. We don't know how many people are, are infected, okay? And, and, and I even said before, if, if I was tested and I came up positive, it wouldn't surprise me one bit because, you know, I developed some symptoms with a, a, a cough and a little bit of, ref I wouldn't say distress, but, I, you, know, you know, having trouble breathing just a slight bit compared to normal. So I wouldn't be surprised if I'm walking around with it, you know? And I'm not in the business of going out and trying to infect other people, but I think we need to try to understand what we're really facing. And, I, and, and listen, I always harp on the media. I don't think it's in the best interest of the media to try to present things as I'm presenting them. They want to present it with the worst case. They want to interrupt the local broadcasting with national news. You know, Tom Hanks has it. If Tom has it, anybody can get it, one of those deals. So what, what do we do? I, I think we're taking some positive action here. And, and, and spreading what the conditions are, if you, you know, based on your age and your health, what it's going to be like if you get it, okay? Then then you have to take action. You've got to go to the hospital. You've got to uh, get tested. And if you have it, you've got to, you know, quarantine if you're not sick enough to stay in the hospital. But the, the idea that the stock market's crashing, we're shutting down, you know, sporting events, and, and, you know, and, and state governments are coming out with, basically various laws some are saying you know a, a, a group of 250 is the limit okay and well i'm thinking well what if there's one person with that 250 what, what good does that do well i guess it it limits it as opposed to if the, the group is a thousand which is the limit in other states you know so i don't know i'm not saying that the government we should have a top-down uh, thing here you know and telling every state what they need to do but 
I just think it's kind of getting out of control, and, and, and I guess the best we can hope for is, is the warm weather that's supposed to limit the spread of this, which I don't know if that's true, too, because people like to stay inside when it's cold. What, what do you think we should do, Mark? I'm interested. I mean, you're, you're, you're kind of to the, the left of me where I stand on politics, so what do you think we should do? I'm not disappointed with any of the actions that have been taken. I think this is prudent. I think until it pops up in central Pennsylvania, I wouldn't cancel or change anything, provided that you don't get an international audience or speaker or a lot of exchange to it. You know, I think camp, college campuses are canceling things, including classes, because all of the students, there's this big diaspora when, at the start of the spring break, and they all converge back on the campus. Then they bring in 100 uh, international speakers over the course. So, so you have that outside contact with places that are infected. So curtailing that is sound advice, I think. I don't disagree with that. As for local schools, I, I wouldn't cancel it because it hasn't popped up around here. When it does happen, as uh, one of our listeners pointed out early, it's probably sound advice uh, to stay out of school if you can and, you know, maybe try to rely on online learning. So I'm content with that. I thought the president did fine last night. I, I haven't really looked too much into the uh, flying thing, but if, if that if that banning those outside travelers from infected areas, with some exceptions, works, I'm all for it. I think he has to be presidential. It must have been extremely difficult for well, him why last not, night. Why not apply this kind of... Have you seen what they did with the ship that docked in uh, in uh, California? Right, isolated they had They had a, a tent set up on the outside, and before the, the people got off they were checked. Why not just do the same thing? You can come to the United States, you can travel here, but we're going to lock you up for 14 days, we're going to test you for the coronavirus, and then if you're okay, we'll let you into the country. You know, why not do that? Can't you just test them immediately without a quarantine? Well, it says some people are going to have to be tested over there. I think if we, we would be better off testing them here to make sure that they conform to our standards. Got it. Okay. That's just All me right. personally. Mike, thank you. But anyway, that's my two cents. I, I, I don't disagree with really anything that's happened in terms of our response. I sort of washed it with some interest. And, I mean, the NBA, again, they're traveling all over the country, including in and out of infected areas. So... Um, I don't have really any disagreements with any of our response so far. I, I'm sort of disheartened by the fact so many people say, well, it doesn't exist around here, so all of these actions are wrong. You know, you see those a lot on our Facebook page at WKOK. People say, you know, we're overreacting. Uh, so we got a lot of smart people making a lot of key decisions here. I, I, I kind of believe them. All right, thank Thanks, you so Mike. much, Mike. Appreciate that. Call again. Uh, I got it to stay on schedule. We got callers waiting and a text pending. We'll be right back. Up your new car game in March with a new Kia for just ninety-nine dollars a month from Sunbury Motors Kia. Lease a 2020 Kia Forte LXS for just $99 a month for only 36 months. With deals like this, you'll have to hurry in to get in under the buzzer. Sunbury Motors Kia also has up to $4,373 off on a 2020 Kia Optima LX, now just $2,262. And $4,271 off on a 2020 Kia Sportage LX SUV, now only $21,284. Everyone's a winner with Kia because all new Kias come with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Up your new car game in March with Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Lease term 36 months, 12,000 miles per year. $5,000 total to a sign or equivalent trade. Tax and tags extra. Discounts include all applicable rebates. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. For details, see retailer or go to Kia.com. 
All right, welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark from the newsroom. Dow Jones Industrial Average down about 1,600 points, now down about 7%. The S&P dropped, uh, triggered one of those circuit breakers that halts trading for X amount of minutes, I think 15 minutes or something. Let people cool off a little bit? <laughs> I guess. I don't know what that would do. It really doesn't seem to me that the way we are in this country is sad enough to justify this kind of down market. Well, I think it's part of the, it's, it's sort of the global pull down. A lot of this is based on optimism. So if you're pessimistic, then down you go. Pete from Mifflinburg, is this the first time you've ever called? No, I've called three or four times oh, in the good. past, okay. but it's been rather spaced out, so <laughs> I'm not a regular caller. Gotcha. But okay. I'm a regular listener. Fabulous. Thank you. You're All on right. the mark. My, my question is, why? Ha- maybe I missed this. Uh, Nobody has complained about Congress going on their break. Why should they get a break right now? There's a lot of work to do and a lot of problems in the country, and I think they should start, Democrats and Republicans, should start pulling together rather than fighting all the time. This may turn into a mess. It may be turn out nothing, but it may be just like China, too. Then what are they going to do? They're not coming up with any ideas. All they do is presenting the problems. Trump's doing this, and I'm not a Trump fan, by the way, but Trump's doing this and Trump's doing that. Then why don't they help instead of creating more problems? Couldn't agree with you more. Couldn't agree with you more. I think it's everybody. It's Republicans and Democrats need to start working together. This is a national emergency. If you believe everybody, they need to be in there working to solve it. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. So why don't we as a people (laughs) rise up and get these guys hold their feet to the fire a little bit? They've been getting away with this crap for too long. I mean, they saw this stuff coming from China. They should have known, somebody should have known that uh, they could have made inquiries to, to doctors or whatever and find out if we were going to be set with this, too. Now, it's not an emergency yet, but it's going to turn into one if they don't get busy. I think the trouble is is that people are happy with their congressperson or re- or senator, so they don't uh, protest because, they, well, you know, Fred Keller, he's part of the solution, or, you know, he's he's actually trying to help things down there, so I'm not irritated or fed up with him. But every so often you see people bubble up and you see some demonstrations or something, but nothing that really affects the uh, status quo down there to any great degree. Yeah, Pete, we're kind of apathetic in a lot of ways. Yes, yeah, so kind country. of. And, <laughs> and uh, we're used to the way our lives are, uh, and we're happy with them, like you said. And but something's got to be done. Something's got somebody's got to rise up and, and say enough of this. You're not going on vacation. Is everybody in the world that's working? Are they going on vacation because the coronavirus is around? We need the convention of states to get this uh, constitution to get these I guys know, to do their I work, know. get some term limits and some limits in Harris or in Washington. Thank you so much, Pete. I really appreciate the call, and thanks yeah, for being a, a, a great listener all the time. Cindy, you're on the mark. Good morning, gentlemen, and good health to you and all the listeners. I saw an interesting article today about what what good does it do to close the schools, and I want to. Uh, begin by applauding the universities for closing the schools. I think they're doing the right thing. And of course, that's based on science. These people at Yale have studied uh, how to control or what controls these kinds of uh, outbreaks. And they found that washing your hands and closing the schools are the most effective things a community could do. And they base this on And he says timing matters, and he points to a study of the 1918 Spanish flu, which found that cities that closed the schools had better control on the outbreak of the epidemic. So 
<clears throat> and it's backed up by other data. The article goes on to talk about it. It's on NPR. When should you close the schools? So I applaud them for closing them before they see anybody that's sick. That's apparently, you know, we, so much criticism comes out about people who don't follow science. I hear it all the time on this show, people who denigrate other people because they don't believe in science. Well, here is science, and the science shows, having studied outbreaks in the past, best thing to do is close the schools. So I applaud the universities for, being, for stepping up and doing that. I'm sure it represents an inconvenience to their internal community, to the students, to the external communities at large, but it's the right thing to do. I was in downtown Bloomsburg yesterday talking to some of the merchants there about the uh, fact that students were going to take an extra week of spring break, and the merchants are singing the blues because they need they need all the time with students they can get to, to be in the black. As some of the businesses say in the summer without students, you know, they're really right on the margin, but they make money that they need to when the students are there patronizing the local businesses and getting coffee and sandwiches and restaurants and so on. So there's a, a, another effect. If you don't have college students in town, it just doesn't just uh, inconvenience people at the university or the students themselves, but uh, you know, there's, there's the whole town gets raised up by these campuses, so that's a factor but, in there. But I understand that, Mark, but do you, would you really want your ba- business to be labeled the epicenter of the outbreak in your community? That that's where the sick person came and made all these other people sick, and that label would be associated with your business? <laughs> I bet not. Well, no, I'm not saying that they did the wrong thing. I'm just saying you you lament the fact that it has an impact. I'm just amplifying the fact that it has an impact. I I think the campuses did the right thing. Uh, There's people a lot smarter than me who said that the campuses should sit down, so I'll defer to their judgment on that. But what what schools, all schools, Cindy? I don't disavow the fact that it represents challenges for people, but that, you know, if this was a snow day... Right. Imagine, I remember a few years ago, maybe 22, 23 years ago, there was a huge snowstorm where I lived, and we got four feet of snow, literally, not an exaggeration. And it shut us down. It shut us down for a week. Nobody went to school because nobody could get out of their house, right? And it, you didn't hear this kind of OMGing going on constantly about, uh, you know, I'm not going to make my buck because the... Um, people can't come to my store. I I understand that people are very economically driven and very bottom line driven, but it has to be facing against reality. There is no magic fix for this. Cindy, what about storm. Cindy? What about other schools? Like, for example, like our high schools and junior highs and elementary schools, should they be shut down? I think they should think very hard about that. I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. I All right. Thank really you so much. Seriously consider that, based on this science that shows that they could be contributing to the problem. All right. Well, that would create. Thank a, you so much, Cindy. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. That would create a large upheaval for sure. As long as we got the spring musical, I'll be fine. See you Monday. And Joe gets an extended retirement lengthened weekend. Ben Reichley will be here tomorrow, and Senator Toomey is calling in. This is WDK, OK Sunbury.